Well, uh, today, Carrie and I do want to share a little bit about um, our journey and our hearts throughout this journey that God has had us on as we sit here before you today. And um, I think the word journey really describes the process that we have been in, because for the last uh, year and a half to two, we've really sensed that God has been moving us. And, and we weren't quite sure what that moving meant. We didn't know if that would be to be the senior pastor here at First Baptist Stockton, or if that would be to be a uh, senior pastor at another church, which I think if you were here last week, you know, that's a little scary for me because it was really never my desire to do that, but I've just felt called into that, and I would be disobedient if God, if I did not answer God's calling in that. And so as we talked about that and as we prayed about that, um, we kind of sat on that for a while. We, we prayed, we fasted, we listened, um, and we decided that we would kind of lay a fleece out before the Lord, as Gideon does in Judges chapter 6, and um, not seek out any opportunities for ourselves, not go searching for that. Uh, in fact, I didn't even talk to Pastor Jim about this for, for a good year, year and a half. We just didn't have that kind of a conversation. Um, so not seek out those opportunities, but if an opportunity arose, that we would see that as a sign to say, okay, we'll walk through those days, we'll say yes to looking at uh, a different position if that so arose. And I had had some of those other opportunities before, but each time I said, no, I love it being here, we're doing great things, First Baptist is a great, great place to be. So we laid out a fleece, and uh, can I just say that when you do that, when you bring your concerns before God, He is so faithful to answer. Amen? Amen? He is so faithful. The problem comes where it is usually a timing issue because we are on a different timetable than God is, right? Our timing versus God timing. In fact, I identify so much with uh, theologian Phillips Brooks who says the problem is I'm in a hurry and God is not, right? I, I mean, we, 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 we're there. And, and I certainly am there a lot of times too. And, and, and what really kind of threw us off was the suddenness of God's timing and how many opportunities and what he was bringing our way. On uh, January 17th of this year was when Pastor Jim called our staff together and indicated that he was resigning from his position here. And so, you know, after hearing that and praying for him and our staff praying over him, I thought, well, okay, that that's probably a sign. That's the fleece that kind of maybe answered. We'll continue to go in that direction. Uh, and yet I remember it was on a Thursday because I always do my hospital calls on, on Thursdays. And so after we met, I went and did my hospital calls and visited some people in the hospital. Uh, then came back to my desk and opened up some emails, and right there on the top of my emails was an email from a pastoral search consultant who was asking, uh, would you like and would you be open to listening to some other churches who would like to have you as their senior pastor? And I had not talked to this to this gentleman in, in a year or a year and a half, certainly not since we had started praying that, God, if you bring someone by, we'll be open to that because we didn't want to go search that out. And so we, we felt like we were waiting, we were waiting, we were waiting, and then there was that answer. And then there was Pastor Jim who had just resigned, and then there were a couple other churches who also contacted us. And so even though that those were answers, it really was kind of confusing because by early March, we'd had four churches that we began to work with and say, okay, God, where are you leading in this entire process? And uh, the story that really comes to mind with this is the story of Abraham. And so I just want to share a little bit about Abraham's story. In fact, if you have a Bible today, if you can open it up to Genesis chapter 12, and I'm going to kind of step out here a little bit and get my preacher voice on um, and share a little bit about Abraham's story. 
Because I think his story, more than any other story in all of Scripture, really teaches us about how to deal with life when things just kind of seem uncertain. When we're not sure where God is leading us. And so Genesis chapter 12 is where we're going to be reading from this morning. And I'm just going to read a couple verses here, then we're going to jump over to Genesis 22 and read a few more there. But it says here in Genesis 12, verse 1, Now the Lord said to Abram, and later he was called Abraham, but here he's Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. So Abraham is called by God to leave his comfortable home, to begin a new nation, to be God's chosen called out people. But he didn't realize that there was going to be a lot of challenges on this journey. In fact, there were a lot of days when Abraham felt as though he was in the dark. And it wasn't just days, it was actually years, and it wasn't just years, but it was decade upon decade upon decade upon decade where he didn't fully see where God was leading. Four long decades, 40 long years where Abraham had heard a promise from God, but it wasn't coming about. The promise, God had said, you will be the father of many. You'll be the father of many nations. In fact, Abraham, go out and look up at the stars in the sky, and as many stars as you can even count, that will be your offspring. And Abraham is looking at this 40-some years later, and he's saying, I don't even have a baby There's no baby, there's no nation, there is nothing on this God's promise to Abraham front. And yet Abraham remembers back and he listens to this. He remembers what God had said, but by Genesis chapter 15, 40 years into it, he has got nothing. And I think about how how impatient we get, don't we? How frustrated maybe we get when we pray for maybe four months or even four weeks, some of us even four hours, right? And we have not heard God's voice and we're expecting God to answer. I think we just live in a different time. We, we, we live in a different time where, where we're in this fast food, microwave kind of generation where, where the timing just gets all off from God's timing and yet God never changes. He he is always the same yesterday, today, and forever. And where our problem comes in, our frustration comes in, is when we think we're on our own timetable instead of God's timetable. Anybody there with me? Yeah, yeah. In fact, I would venture to say some of you may be there right now. This morning. You're feeling something like that here. You're feeling this morning that you are trying to follow God. You're looking for the next steps that you're going to be taking. You're feeling like, though, it is just not happening. And you're going to leave this worship center here today and hear some things that we talk about. You're going to think, man, I wish I could fast forward things. Can I just encourage you just to sit in God's promises? Just to dwell in what He says. In fact, let me go back to the story in Genesis chapter 12. Because I believe Abraham had to have held on to God's promises. After, in verse 1, God tells him, you're the one, you're going to move out, you're going to start a new nation. Look at verse 2 and 3. It says, I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I am sure that Abraham and Sarah 
went back and revisited this promise over and over again. Sarah, did we hear his voice? Did we hear it right? Abraham, are you sure we did? They had to have continued to remind themselves of this. In fact, if you follow Abraham's story along throughout the book of Genesis, the time that's devoted, we see this promise getting told back to them eight different times where God keeps this promise in front of them to revisit it, to revisit it, to revisit it. And if you are here today, and again, you're feeling like, you know what, it just isn't happening for me. Can I, can I give you some promises? In fact, you have that outline in front of you, and in the box, there are some promises that I would challenge you to keep up on your refrigerator, to keep it on your dashboard of your car, someplace where you can go back and visit this often, because this is how personal of a God we have. Listen to some of these verses. It says in Hebrews 13.5, For God has said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Hold on to that promise. It says in Jeremiah 33.3, Call to me and I will answer you. I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. It says in Jeremiah 29.11, this is a verse that many of us have memorized, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a what? A, a future. I mean, to think about that He already knows our future, to think God is already in our future, whatever issue is in your, on your heart, on your mind, God has already got that worked out, and we get to go to Him, and He says, I have a hope and a future for you. That is incredible. You look at the next verse there, first, uh, 2 Corinthians 1.20. That's one of my favorite verses. For all the promises of God find their yes in Christ. God, are we going to have a relationship with you? Yes. How? In Christ. God, are we going to have salvation? Yes. How? In Christ. God, are we going to get to be in heaven with you someday? Yes. How? In Christ. Is our eternal security secure? Yes. How? In Christ. What Christ Jesus has done for us. And then that verse out of Philippians 4 and 18. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Those are some amazing promises that I just want to give to you to hold on to. And I know that Sarah and Abraham held on to the promise that God had given. And God is always faithful. Because the promise does come about for them, finally comes true, where Abraham has his son, Isaac, 40 years into the process. But as I mentioned last week, if you were here last week, you heard me say this, trusting God and his journey for you is often going to take you out of your comfort zone. And even though we really many times don't want that to happen, that's just the way God works. He moves us because he wants us, he wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing to others. And so we see in Genesis chapter 22 where God is taking Isaac, Abraham, and he is taking Isaac up on a hill and he's asking Abraham to sacrifice his son, which is a strange, strange thing to think about. Because here's the son that God had given to Isaac and promised for over 40 years, and now he's asking him to be given up. This is the son that showed God's faithfulness. This is the son that showed God's promise. This is the son that really embodied God's even relationship with Abraham. You say, well, why would God do something like that? God wanted to know, Abraham, is this still about me? Abraham, Am I still number one in your life? 
Because you know I'm the source of all your blessing. I'm the one who's given you the blessing. Abraham, will you continue to keep your eyes upon me as the source of all that blessing? And I have to be honest, that, that's really probably the journey that God had me on the most in all of this. Because I, I didn't see this while I was going through it. But I can plainly see it now. God was saying to me, Brad, can you give up First Baptist? Can you give up serving at First Baptist? Can you lay down your Isaac of being at First Baptist? Because I told him 24 years ago, God, I will serve you anywhere. And now it was as though God was saying, really? Will you do that even now? Will, will you give up where you have been, the place that you have loved? Do you love me more than serving there? Is it about you? And so in, in March of this past year, we began, or I really began, this, this, this kind of this weird dating process with these other churches, right? I mean, I mean it's just kind of strange. I, I, I enjoyed, I loved my dating time with Carrie, but I don't want to be back out there in the dating scene, right? And so, and so as a pastor, it was kind of weird to have this kind of seeing these other churches or seeing these other, it felt like these other women that was kind of seeing, I was seeing, felt like this, you know, weird Christian dating e-harmony kind of experience that I was, that I was going through. Cause, cause I get these phone calls and I'd be talking to someone in the hallway here at church and I'd have to say, oh, excuse me. And I have to go into my office and close my door, you know, talk on the phone. And I, I was often uh, talking after the kids would go to bed at night. Our home is kind of small and you can overhear conversations. So I'd have to go out in the car in the garage and talk on the phone and you know it, it felt like I was married but I had three girlfriends right because because I, I feel married here right this, this is but, but it was just kind of a weird sort of thing and I actually felt pretty guilty about it so I told the whole pulpit committee about this I told Pastor Jim about this I obviously told my wife about this we're in on this together but it was still so strange but it was all a part of the journey of laying down my Isaac and there was actually a time when we felt like we were, we were going through with that kind of a sacrifice. We felt like the doors were being closed here from First Baptist. We felt like the Lord was leading us to some other places. Because these other pulpit committees were courting us and, and, and courting us well, but we, did, I, we didn't really feel as much of that from our pulpit committee. And they were just saying, you know what, give us some time, give us some time. These other pulpit committees were farther ahead in their, in their process. And yet our pulpit committee was saying, just give us some time. But there it gets back to that timing issue, right? I knew what they were doing was right. I knew it wasn't my head, but my heart was feeling otherwise. And so we were just praying, God, is this you closing doors here? Because we know that the other doors have been opened very wide. In fact, one of the churches we had interviewed with a number of times had already asked if I would be the senior pastor there at the church, be the candidate that would be presented before the church. Another church had said, you're our top candidate. What do we have to do to have you be our senior pastor? Another one was preparing to fly us up to, to visit the church with our family. But it just felt as though God was saying, as Carrie and I prayed and sought him and his timing, that God was saying, wait. Just wait. And we needed to be fair to First Baptist. And, and again, I look at that story from Abraham. Ready to give up and ready to sacrifice Isaac. And as Abraham is doing that, God says, Abraham, hold on. Wait. In fact, you know the story well. Genesis chapter 22, verses 11 and 12. God says, Abraham, Abraham, don't. For now I see, now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son from me, your only son, you have not withheld him from me. So we waited. 
And we decided to pray more. We decided to fast more. We decided to seek God's timing in all of this. And um, God really showed his hand when when we did finally interview with the pulpit committee. And uh, that's when I, I just couldn't contain some of the excitement, some of the vision that I've had for here. And it was rekindled and reignited, became most passionate about what God wanted to do here. And so our first date went well, and our second date went well, and our third date went well. And we played, you know, 20 questions, or actually it was more like 50 questions they played with me. And um, and they started then to interview Carrie, and they came over and interviewed my neighbors. I think they interviewed my neighbors' cats and dogs as well in, in our neighborhood. I mean, they were, they were so thorough in all of this. Um, and I knew that God had not released us from Stockton. It was at that time when, when that just became alive in me, and when I was most excited about the future here, and I was most excited about the vision here, and most excited about getting to work with this staff and most excited about getting to work with the people of First Baptist Church Stockton. And so we started to say no to the other churches, even though our poll committee hadn't yet asked me, just because we were trusting God to say, this is where we believe this is leading. And um, we had a lot of God moments along the way, and so I'm going to ask my wife Carrie to share some of those God moments that she experienced along the way as well. <coughs> As Brad mentioned, um, it was about two years ago that he began to feel a call that indeed at some point the Lord was leading him to a senior pastorate position. And not really knowing uh, the when and the where of that, but again, just bringing that before the Lord um, as, a, as a fleece. And uh, we put our fleece out before the Lord, just uh, seeking him, um, not sure if our future would be here at First Baptist or um, if we were to move on, we'd specifically ask that the Lord would provide churches to come seeking Brad out. Um, and so certainly when we received, um, we had been praying for one sign, but when we received both signs on the same day within an hour's time, um, it was a little shocking and a bit confusing. And I remember that day very clearly, feeling um, a little confused, like fear was creeping in uh, into my heart. And I remember telling Brad, I need to go on a walk around the block and just take some time to sort things out, to pray a little, and just have some time with God. Um, I did that, was heading back home and walking up our driveway, and I remember looking down just seeing a piece of paper on the driveway, piece of trash, I thought. Um, and uh, But in my heart, just sensed like I need, to, I need to take a look at this piece of trash. And I have to tell you, I'm not the kind of person that thinks that God's going to float a little sign down from heaven for me. But uh, on this particular day, um, it was interesting. I, I turned that piece of paper over, and there was a scripture reference written on the back in handwriting that I certainly didn't recognize. And it was the scripture Isaiah 41.10. I'm sure it's very familiar to many of you. I'm just going to take a moment and read it. Isaiah 41.10 So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Certainly in that moment, it felt very comforting to know that the Lord had given me a verse for that time, for that moment, um, just assuring me that he was in this, that it was no mistake, and that there was a plan and purpose to what we were going through. Um, as Brad mentioned, shortly thereafter, we were contacted by three other churches, and kind of at that same time, just feeling like maybe the doors here at First Baptist were closing. Um, as we interviewed and uh, interacted with these other churches, there was one church that began to stand out, and our hearts began being drawn to this other church. Um, yet at the same time, we just didn't really feel released yet from First Baptist. 
So we took it back as a matter of prayer and continued to pray. And the Lord led me back um, to a lesson he had taught me back in January, particularly on um, January 15th. It was a day that I had been uh, praying and fasting. And mind you, January 15th was two days before um, Pastor Jim submitted his resignation to the church and two days before we had received the email from the other church. Um, we had no idea that our lives were going to be changing. But on this particular day, I had been praying and fasting about a non-related issue. And uh, during that day and that time, I had been journaling and just felt the Lord taking me in a totally different direction. Um, instead of being able to pray about the issue I thought I was meant to pray for that time, he began laying on my heart scripture after scripture on love. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the whole book of 1 John, but in particular um, chapter 3, and just verse after verse about what love looks like, how we are to love, how Christ loved us, and how uh, the church is to go out and to love others. Um, at first, I tried to dismiss the leading. I felt uh, that this just seemed so basic, and of course I know how to love. But um, I realized as I kind of went with this and continued to pray about it that indeed um, the Lord needed to teach me that love is not a feeling, that it's an action, that it manifests itself in actions, um, and that to truly love as Christ loves, it's a supernatural thing. It's something that we can't do on our own strength and our own power. And it was something that he said, Carrie, I'm going to teach you how to do it and do it how I want you to do it. Um, so as we walked through this process with the three other churches, they kind of began to agonize over, Lord, where are you going to have us? And kind of got more concerned about where we were to be. And as I walked through that, I just felt in my spirit, the Lord whispered to me, Carrie, I've told you two things. I've asked you to love me and to love my people. No matter where I lead you, no matter where I place you, those are the two things I've asked you to do. Um, and it was really in that moment that I was able to release my control over what our future held and really embrace the journey that he had us on. It was um, about the beginning of, uh, end of May or beginning of June that Brad and I both felt in our spirits that perhaps we were being led back to First Baptist Church. The Lord had placed in our hearts um, a renewed passion and love and excitement for the ministry here at First Baptist and for his people here. And um, as we examined our hearts, just realizing that it really was different than um, what we felt for the other churches that we had been in contact with. Um, and it was soon thereafter, after further interviews with the pulpit committee, that they uh, came to Brad and asked if he would consider being the senior pastor candidate for First Baptist. Again, Brad and I knew we needed to make that a time of uh, prayer and fasting to truly confirm the leading and seek the Lord's heart in this. And it was during that time of uh, prayer and fasting in um, June that the Lord directed me back to that January 15th entry in my journal on that day that I prayed and fasted, um, two days before Pastor Jim retired. Again, read through all the verses about love, the scripture that he placed on my heart that day, but something that I hadn't seen before jumped off the page. There were two very specific instructions that the Lord gave me that day back on January 15th. One was, Carrie, I'm going to teach you how to love Stockton the way I love Stockton. And the second was, Carrie, I'm going to teach you how to love the people of First Baptist Church the way I love the people of First Baptist Church. And so certainly at that time, Brad and I viewed that as a confirmation of where he was leading and guiding us. And it just is truly amazing to us, um, just our Lord's faithfulness, um, who even before who provided a very specific answer for us, even before we knew we had a question of where we would be. Um, yet at the same time, he kept it hidden from us for a time, allowing us to walk this journey of spiritual growth and trust, and then uh, revealing his answer and his confirmation at just the right time. 
we were so we are so grateful for the opportunity to have walked this journey, and um, we so appreciate where now it has led us. Absolutely, she can preach, can't she? <laughs> Woo! Really, what she's faithful in is just listening to God. And that, that is huge, to have a partner like that and to get to talk about those things and see where God is leading. And so, as Carrie said, after the poll committee asked us um, to be the candidates, um, we, we took a few more days to, to pray and to fast and, and listen some more. And then we're able to come back and say, this feels more than right to be here in this place at this time. And so we've seen confirmation after confirmation in that. Um, one of them in particular was um, the morning when um, the pulpit committee was going to approach our diaconate board, who is our leaders here at the church, and the first leadership team that was going to hear that they had selected me. And uh, I was reading in my devotions that morning, I'm going through the, the New Testament uh, throughout the year, and uh, I had been a couple days behind in my reading. Anybody else there from time to time? Okay. Sorry about that. But but I was. And so read a couple of, of, of those um, passages and then I um, was just praying over them at my desk and praying over them. And, and since the Lord was saying, read one more, I, I have one more chapter for you. Read one more. And so I did. I, I read First uh, Peter chapter 5. And let me just read some of that to you here today. As I was sitting at my desk, it, it starts to say, so I exhort you. And it goes on in chapter uh, verse 2 says, and this is just God talking to my spirit, shepherd the flock of God that is among you. You're already there. That is where I now want you to be. And it goes on to say, being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. When we open up God's word, shouldn't we be expecting him to speak to us? And not only hear that, but also to hear that with a promise that comes from verse 4, just like Abraham's story. That, that's a verse I will hold on to forever. That God says, shepherd the flock that is among you right now, and one day you will receive the crown of glory, the calling that I have called you toward. And so this, as I look at it, this, this isn't necessarily the easiest choice for me to work here. I mean, Pastor Jim has done such a marvelous job. He has some big shoes to fill, probably about size 19s, right? I mean, he's got some big shoes to fill around here. Not the easiest, but it is definitely the place that we feel called to serve. And so we have enjoyed being here for the past 24 years. Um, and if you can t uh, confirm that call today as well, uh, we would be honored to, to uh, continue serving our great, not only our great, but our extremely faithful God alongside with you.